Hello, and welcome to another episode of Things My Boyfriend Likes, the podcast where I try to impress my boyfriend by talking about things he likes. This is the Digimon season. Before we get started, I just want to say thank you so much for your continued kind prayers of support for my co-host, who is still not well enough to join us for today's episode. Fortunately, there are still two of the four exorcists hired left alive, and I have high hopes that in three to six months, he will be almost himself again. Some listeners have commented that their listening devices have started bleeding upon saying his name, so I will do my best to refrain from that until the problem sorts itself out. I do apologize, of course, for any stains or residue left behind. Um, It was an unforeseen consequence of that part of the exorcism, but hopefully we will be well past it uh, by the time of next episode. So um, sorry about that. Thank you for being so patient with me. Okay. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about episodes 9 to 13, the part of the show where the team is stranded in pairs on separate islands having to work together to eventually get the island back together and fight evil Batman. My predictions from the last episode were actually correct. Uh, We got some more info on being digidestined like a smidge, um, and we got delivered a guru in episode 13. Like I said, Um, there's definitely no sense of going home yet, but there is a sense with the guru of having someone knowledgeable around, which is obviously kind of a a comfort. I was still expecting that little bit of lull um, to come in at some point just pacing wise, but I have a feeling that that'll be episode 14. So we'll see if I'm right. The formats of these episodes, I think were really interesting. Um, So we got one, like more one on one time with each character. And it felt like each character got 10 minutes or so of being alone before they reconnected with the other. And even then it was only two of them at a time instead of the whole group which gives us more character development for all of them instead of having to try to develop the characters when they're all in a group, um, developing them piece by piece. I really like kind of like these spotlight episodes, especially in season one, where we're still getting to know everybody. I think that's really good. All of that said, the first episode with Ty and Matt felt like the strongest for me out of the three kind of pair episodes. There was clear and reasonable conflict that made sense for both of them. And though it wasn't entirely resolved, it was still a satisfying conclusion as they move forward together. And we see for the first time that solving the problems on the island collapses the gears and gets the island to move back together. They obviously want to keep Matt and Ty, um, the, the which one is the leader storyline alive, so they can't patch it up completely. It's, it's a nice bit of tension um, without it being too annoying yet. We'll see how they develop it. Um, But it's nice to have them come to an understanding, even though they still continue to see not entirely eye to eye. It feels very realistic and reasonable compared to how some relationships have to work as adults, particularly with two people who have a lot of big ideas, or if you're working with someone like another boss, something like that. I like that they didn't feel the need to have either one of them, Matt, specifically because he's the bad boy, be the fall guy, and have one be wrong and the other be right. Um, It was a more nuanced take than I would expect, usually from a kid's show, so I I did like that episode. I thought that was well done. The Izzy and Mimi episode 
and I forget which episode comes first, whether it's Sora and Joe or Izzy and Mimi, but I'm going to talk about Izzy and Mimi. Their episode didn't make a lot of sense to me. Maybe that's just because I'm a loner who hates people. I get it. I do. Look, Izzy was doing important work translating the hieroglyphs in the labyrinth. He was figuring out a way for them to get home. And Mimi was just like, why do you want to look for your friends? Why do you want to look for your friends? I'm so sad. Why are you ignoring me? Why aren't we looking for our friends? I've been here forever. Like, girl, you can go look for them. You know how to lead them back to Izzy if you're bored. Like, you have your Digimon. You can go. You can go. Like, Izzy is doing something rather than just wandering around aimlessly. He's learning something that might help you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't understand why everyone bursts into tears and tells him to apologize, including his own fucking Digimon, when he was right the whole time. The only reason that Mimi almost gets herself killed and everybody else is because she doesn't fucking listen to Izzy. And if she'd waited another, like, 20 minutes, it would have been fine because she would have uncovered the whole map. I... Mimi is such a bitch. And so is Izzy's alien ripoff Digimon fuck them both. Teamwork is bullshit. Working alone in an ancient temple with a Wi-Fi connection is the only way I want to live my life. So that was upsetting for me. Okay. The Sora and Joe episode was fine. Comparatively, I felt like it focused a bit too much on Joe for my taste. I don't see how Sora sacrificing all of her agency is the only way or even the best way for Joe to gain confidence. If I was stuck on a deserted island and had to chart a path back to my friends, I wouldn't put my complete trust in some guy I met a week ago who is basically just anxiety with glasses for his own sake. Like, that's that's not taking my safety into account or the fact that, like, Sora seems more competent and capable than Joe. I would want to have a say in how things were running, and I think it would have been better if they could have found a way to work together as, like, a partnership rather than defaulting to, oh, he'll be the leader and I'll be the follower, and then he'll gain confidence that way. Like, there's other ways to do that. And it just kind of fell flat for me. Now... You probably already guessed this. I really did like the Bakamon. Whatever, however they're pronounced. The moment I saw those masks, I was 100% on board. Um, and the bit in the church where the mask cracks and the Bakamon comes out is great. It's great. The ending, the whole, like, willing it away thing, at the end, where they just, like, chant. The, the, and, like, I get that that's, like, a, a positive self-talk thing that Joe has to learn so to complete his like confidence arc in that episode but like it's lame man it's kind of stupid so throughout all of these partnered episodes there's this thread of see when you work together you can overcome your obstacles which is such like a kid show thing and as I've been thinking about it and like writing this episode script, I keep thinking about how teamwork is just not that relevant in real life. (laughs) There's just such an emphasis on teamwork and strong friendships. And while, you know, I don't think friendship is bad or that you shouldn't teach kids how to 
positively and productively communicate with other humans and solve problems, you know, you, that's, that's obvious. I just, I can't think of a single time in my life that I've had to work together with someone to accomplish something other than like building furniture with you or working for a boss, which is fundamentally not the same thing as like working in a team with a group of peers. Like it's just, it's not that. Like I get that there's a sense of like, this is useful in the workplace. This is useful with your friend. But like, I've never made anything with my friends. That's not, we've never accomplished shit. Maybe that's just my friends and I'm the coolest one and everyone else is lame. It's just, you know, probably. But like in a work setting, most jobs you're expected to work on your own to accomplish your own set of tasks and probably other people's, unless you have like an assistant or something, in which case, again, that's not teamwork. <laughs> it's not teamwork. And like most jobs, you either do what you're told along with everyone else or some part of that chain falls apart and there's no amount of communication skill that you can employ to fix it. Like, my experience with working in a team in a corporate setting is doing more work than I should have had to do and nobody is able to help me and I'm trying to help other people and like, there's an element of like, well, Hopefully, yeah. And like, mostly it's just people shitting on each other because no one has any time or desire to work or people are bad at their jobs. A lot of people are just bad at their jobs. And that's not really <laughs> reflected in a children's show about teamwork. You know, there's very often not, you know, half of the team just sitting on their asses doing nothing. Whereas that's that's what happens in real life. <sighs> like the, the idea that you have any agency within a team like that to enact change or come to a positive outcome is generally bullshit, unless you are very lucky. It, the whole thing just strikes me as odd, especially with the Izzy episode where it's very clear that they're like, working alone is bad. You have to go find your friends. Your friends are priority. And, like, there's so much emphasis on this teamwork when that's just not a reality of adulthood. And, like, I don't know, maybe it's a reality of your adulthood, but it's not a reality of mine or anybody that I know. And I'm not even necessarily critiquing Digimon specifically for this trope. Like, it's a staple of most children's shows. It's what the genre is like. But I think it's interesting to think about how often we use teamwork skills in real life and whether or not the idea is that helping children learn these skills is supposed to translate into just like overall communication skills. And like, as they build friendships as children, they like develop those skills so they can use them later on in other contexts in life. Or if like people really do think that teamwork, more or less as it's presented here is a part of like, growing up in everyday life, because I don't, <laughs> I don't think it is. So I just thought that was it, was, it just stuck in my brain. And I wanted to kind of break that down a little bit. So <laughs> then we come to TK. I was surprised that they gave TK an episode. I said, I think last episode that I didn't think he was going to get his solo moment, but um, I was wrong. I thought just because he was so much younger and 
therefore outside of the key demo the show was going for that they wouldn't give him the screen time. It's hard to tell like exactly how old he is without Googling it. If Matt and Ty are like 10 and 11 and the oldest is maybe like 12, 13, then that would put TK probably like five or six. Sometimes they treat him like, like an actual toddler. But on the other hand, I'm hesitant to say that he's in kindergarten because like at certain points that feels too young where sometimes kindergarten feels too old. Like he still has memories of like building blocks and like memories of being three and like those are vivid for him. But on the other hand, some of the things that he does and like the way that he's able to keep up with all of these older kids and like all of that indicates a maturity that I don't think like a four-year-old has. I think part of it is that like a 10-year-old's perception of how young their baby brother is and my perception of how young those kids are are very different and like we're meant to be seeing this kind of from that 10-year-old perspective and also just the fact that he has to naturally be more mature in some ways to keep moving the plot along. You can't have like an actual accurately represented four-year-old in a piece of media because they're just, you know, you would never get anywhere. They're, they just, the, they would ruin the entire pacing. It would be terrible. I think part of his character is still relatable, even to older kids. Um, but I thought that that part was a story better told by his Digimon than by TK. TK really just is like, I don't know what to do without my brother. And he doesn't have so much of a personality other than being young. Um, but Patamon, I think, was just more interesting than him. Um, Patamon really wants to digivolve, uh, but seems probably too young for it. I'm like, we haven't seen them digivolve, um, until the very end. And like, that's a, that's a whole thing, but like, it feels like maybe he's too young for it. And the whole, I wish I was older already frustration is not unique to only little kids. Um, but there's also definitely an element of let's hook the younger siblings into here of like you're probably watching this with your slightly younger sibling or your slightly older sibling and like you need to give them something too so that they'll get hooked by the show and ask for a choice for Christmas um but yeah in in TK's episode specifically before we get the transformation scene from Patamon into Angumon um it does feel like a very I wish I was older I wish I could drive a car. I wish I could eat the big kid's meal or like whatever. It felt very much like it was that sort of problem. And I thought that was, that's still relatable, even if you're five or you're 14. I did also really like seeing the baby Digimon in this episode. They're fucking cute. That is all. I don't have a whole lot to add about the ending episode. It went kind of... (laughs) How you'd expect. I mean, Angumon was kind of a weird choice, I think. Like, I get that it's supposed to be the devil and the angel, but, like, all I could see was, like, in Demomon, just, like, Batman crossed with the Babadook. Like, um, so, like, it didn't read as demonic to me, necessarily. It read as superhero. Um, and I think that kind of took away from it. And also just, like, the Japanese fascination with Christian imagery is weird to me. Um, So it was 
interesting and like the whole thing with Angamon being an egg and like is that the same Digimon? Is it like is reincarnation a thing in this series? Hard to say. Other than that, um, I think the fight scene went about how you'd expect. Um, during most of the fight scenes, I tend to kind of tune out. Um, I'm not an eight-year-old boy who daydreams of thunder punching everything, um, so I think that's that's normal. But um, so like the action-heavy episodes or parts of episodes. Not for me. I'm here for the plot, man. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was, was fine. My predictions for the next set of episodes is that we're actually going to find out more details about the Digidestins. Like, it's hinted a little bit, and, like, we're kind of getting context around that. And, like, as an adult, I, you know, can kind of get it. But, like, we're going to have it spelled out for us. We're definitely going to figure out more of the deal about the Digivices being that kind of, like, light anti-darkness thing. Like, it, it's pretty well inferred that it's it's the tools of anti-darkness, but, like, I think we're that's going to be spelled out. There's probably going to be some sort of quest where they have to go somewhere and pick up a source of knowledge or a power source so that they can heal the world and, and go home or, like, learn how to go home um, or, like, f- find the original prophecy or whatever. Um, they're still not going home for a while, but my guess is the first episode of the next section is going to be maybe a bit of an info dump, and then we we move on to more locations. Exploration feels like a really big part of the show, and especially since I already know they go to server continent or whatever that they are going to probably keep expanding that. And I think that's good. On the one hand, at a certain point with all of these kids missing home, you kind of have to rectify that a little bit and give them kind of a home base or let them go home and then come back. But I don't see them kind of like staying in one place. Very often I see them like making this epic journey across the continent. And I like that. It feels like a very big open world that's exciting to go into. And again, go calling back to that 2020 first episode where it's just like a barren liminal wasteland. Like, what the fuck were you doing, guys? <laughs> this is so much more interesting this way. So yeah, those are my predictions. Um, I don't know offhand how many episodes the next section is. So we will see. This was kind of like a shorter section comparatively to the last one, but... Thank you so much for listening. I will be back very shortly with the next set of episodes. Uh, Please like and subscribe and follow and uh, tell me what you think. (laughs) Until next time.